From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. This hour, open lines. Open lines. Ask me anything. And then, hour two, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, our resident paranormal investigator extraordinaire who joins us every month, will be here to discuss angels and angelic communication. She has a book called Calling Upon Angels and How Angels Can Help Us in Everyday Life. And of course, as we head into the Christmas season, what better time than to discuss angels? Always been fascinated by angels. Uh, A quick programming note, no live stream tonight. No live stream on our YouTube channel. Uh, However, uh, this radio transmission will be uploaded to the YouTube channel in the next few days. Incidentally, the YouTube channel has been rebranded and renamed. It's now called Strange Planet. And in addition to this weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, which you'll find on the YouTube channel and occasionally we live stream as well, you'll also find on the YouTube channel episodes of my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited. We're going to start posting those on the YouTube channel. And eventually, in the not-too-distant future, we'll start posting... My other podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. So there'll be plenty of content going up on the YouTube channel, again, now called Strange Planet. And incidentally, we now have over 13,000 subscribers. So let's see, let's see how quickly we can get into, we can get to a 15,000 subs. Let's try for 15,000, shall we? Can you help me? Uh, we will resume live streaming the conspiracy show. On YouTube in January 2019. But as I say, we will post the audio from the Conspiracy Show uh, on the YouTube channel. When we don't live stream, we post the audio a few days later. All right, so open lines. Let me give you the phone numbers because those I find are always kind of handy when you're doing a call-in show. And if you'd like to call in and ask me anything, uh, last week... I asked for people to um, let me know which affiliate station they listen to us on. If you listen to the program on one of our nearly 40 affiliate stations across North America, I asked you to send me an email, which incidentally is richardserrett1 at gmail.com. richardserrett, S-Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T, 1 at gmail.com. Here are, here are a couple. Uh, Christine W. listens to The Conspiracy Show on WRNN in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Thanks, Christine. And uh, here's a gentleman who listens on the Zoomer app in Ocala, Florida. Cap Smoot. I love that name. Cap. Perhaps that's short for Captain. Smoot. Thank you. Uh, thank you all. And again, if you'd like to send me an email, please do so at richardserrett one at gmail.com and tell me where and how you listen. All right, so much to talk about this hour, and so much has happened since we last spoke. Of course, last week we had our remote viewing experiment. How did you do? 
would love to hear from you. How did you do? Incidentally, we tweeted that picture at Richard Serrett. We tweeted the picture of the uh, the hidden object that uh, Douglas Cottrell had on his desk down in London, Ontario. And uh, several of you uh, tweeted your uh, results, your remote viewing experiment results, and some of you were very, very close. Um, of course, we also have the yellow vest protesters that are tearing Paris apart, and it's spreading now uh, across France. President Emmanuel Macron has announced that he will speak to the French people. This after four weeks of protests that have really shaken up that country. Unrest uh, sparked by his proposed fuel tax hikes, uh, which he has now said will not go in uh, go in place. Uh, but they've morphed really into just a general anti-government revolt. And French authorities said today they have now arrested more than 1,700 people amid these nationwide yellow vest anti-government protests. Uh, the day before that caused widespread damage, particularly in the capital of Paris. The Interior Ministry said 1,220 of those arrested had been retained in custody. And Interior Minister uh, Christophe Castanet said 135 people were injured in the Paris protests after demonstrators clashed with tear gas-wielding police. That's right, they are now using tear gas. Uh, and uh, Castanet uh, estimated the number of protesters at 10,000 in Paris. But get this, it, now 125,000 across the country. And local media are putting the number of injured higher at 264, including 39 security personnel. And some 89,000 police have been deployed. So this yellow vest movement, named for the security jackets, donned by the protesters, which began a month ago, again as protests over a proposed uh, tax on fuel, or raising the taxes on fuel. But it has, has really it's developed into an expression of general anger at high living costs and particular discontent with President Emmanuel Macron, seen by some as elitist, I would say now seen by most. And uh, the government's decision last week to abandon the fuel tax, uh, really has done little uh, to dampen the ire of protesters, and they continue to call for Macron's resignation, along with a, uh, a motley assortment of other demands. So what do you think? Are these protests a tipping point? I believe this is about far more than this fuel tax. I believe this is a repudiation of the globalist ideology. The, pre- the, the, the French people are as you you are no doubt very familiar, deeply patriotic, and uh, nationalism is just, it's in their blood. Yes, I'll use that word, nationalism. It's not a bad word, quite the contrary. The left and the media are really, are they're trying to co-opt the word and claim its code for white supremacy. Of course, we repudiate white supremacy. But for my part, I refuse to let the left and the media co-opt that word. Nationalism, for me, is a belief in the nation-state and pride in one's country. It is the antithesis of globalism, which promotes open borders, mass migration, the erosion of national sovereignty, full stop. And the people in France have had enough of Macron and globalism. I'm not sure where these protests will lead in the short term, Macron is uh, below 18% in the polls. 
That's getting down into Nancy Pelosi territory. And I, I suspect before too long, if these protests do not abate, and I don't see any sign that they will, I, I suspect Macron will either jump or be pushed. To resign, that is. This does have the potential to spread. In fact, it already has. Not only to other parts of France, as I say, but uh, also now Belgium and the Netherlands. Hundreds of yellow-vested uh, protesters are calling for the resignation of Belgium's prime minister. And they've marched on the European quarter of Brussels yesterday as the uh, the movement that started in France made its mark, as I say, in Belgium and the Netherlands. And police are using pepper spray. And they've scuffled with a small group of protesters who tried to break through the barricades, blocking access to the European Parliament and the European Union's other main institutions. So, we all need to keep our eyes on the, the yellow vests. And we'll see what's happening with uh, Italy, for example. By contrast, the populist Giuseppe Conte and uh, his Deputy Prime Minister Salvini taking a very firm stand against illegal immigration oftentimes thumbing their nose at the EU, and millions, again, by contrast, look what's happening in France with the protests, the anger, and now we have millions of Italians pouring into the streets in Rome in celebration. So I would say what we are witnessing is that Macron and the globalists are in retreat and in decline, and the populists, there's another word the media and the left would like to co-opt, populism. They use it in the pejorative. I use it as in the opposite of the elites. You're either an elite or you're a populist. And the populists are beginning to rise. To me, as I say, it's the opposite of the elites. Populism can be a positive force. And the people in Europe are tired of the elites. Faceless, nameless, entitled, unelected bureaucrats in Brussels dictating monetary policy, dictating domestic and foreign policy, and the people of Italy and Poland and Hungary and elsewhere. And now it would seem France are saying, enough. We want our country back. So we can delve into that. But, as I say, it's ask me anything. Getting a lot of emails a couple of weeks ago, we talked with Michael Sala about this online anonymous uh, phenomenon known as QAnon. We'll get into that a little bit more later if you'd like, but if you'd like to uh, talk about Q who you think it might be, whether it's legitimate or a hoax. So much to discuss. Ask me anything this hour. Next hour, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, calling upon angels. Stay with us. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hey, welcome back. And just a reminder... Uh, next week on the program, I shouldn't say reminder, you haven't heard this before, <laughs> a programming note. Let's file this under a programming note. Jim Elvidge will be on for the full two hours and we'll be talking about digital consciousness. Jim has just come out with a, a new book on digital consciousness. Previously, he was on the program several years ago uh, talking about the possibility that really, this is an idea that has been embraced by theoretical physicists and, and, uh, and others. This is not his unique sort of philosophy or idea, but he's sort of built upon it and written about it brilliantly. The idea that we are living in a computer simulation, just like in the movie The Matrix, or a series of movies, The Matrix. So Jim Elvidge will be here and will further explore digital consciousness. All right, let's say hi to uh, Michael in Newmarket. Michael, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Yes, uh, hello, Richard. 
or good evening, whatever. I want to talk about the Antichrist. A couple of weeks ago, on uh, George Norrie, Coast to Coast, they had two of these people, I think they were from Australia, talking about Maitreya. And uh, what they assert is they were kind of hard to understand at times, actually. But uh, all that Maitreya is at least a thousand years old. He first appeared on the scene back in 77 in London, England. Yes, yes. And, and that, uh, well, George Norrie asked him, asked him, what is the Antichrist? And he said, well, uh, uh, I don't particularly know what you're talking about other than that, uh, we must combat an ev- evil me- negative power. Or something like that. Right. Just so people understand, uh, Michael, that uh, many, many years uh, we used to um, receive those of us in in, in um, producers' roles or on, in hosting and talk radio. Would we, we would receive messages from a gentleman by the name of Benjamin Cream, uh, who was sort of the official spokesperson for this mysterious character by the name of Maitreya. And uh, Benjamin Cream was kind of the, think of him as kind of a the forerunner, uh, sort of. I don't want to, don't make too much of this analogy, but think of like uh, uh, John the Baptist, as John the Baptist was to Jesus Christ. Benjamin Cream sort of saw himself as that to the Maitreya, who was sort of is sort of supposed to be this messianic uh, figure. Uh, as you say, who um, who first emerged in uh, in London, England, in the uh, the late seventies, and he is supposed to sort of emerge on the world stage. Some say through the auspices of um, some agency at the United Nations, um, and he would be sort of the next Messiah, which of course uh, has <laughs> many people speculating that anyone who comes and proclaims himself to be the next Messiah must be, uh, by definition, the Antichrist. So this debate has raged for decades now. Is the Maitreya, when, you know, when will he emerge? Who is he? Uh, and uh, is he, in fact, the Messiah, or is he the Antichrist? So, well, you know, um, uh, these two people uh, asserted, I guess, that uh, we're ready for this person and that we'll make the big leap in consciousness, it sounds like they were saying. Right, right. Benjamin Cream has since passed on he, uh, a couple of years ago, I think. And so I guess these are the the new spokespeople that are, are pushing the Maitreya. But listen, I've been in talk radio for, uh, let's see, 26, 27 years. And I remember back in the early 90s uh, hearing from Benjamin Cream and saying the Maitreya is about to you know, make his... His, he's going to emerge on the world stage. We keep hearing about it and hearing about it, and it never happens. I'm beginning to wonder whether there is a Maitreya. I think I think these people uh, are placing Maitreya on their Maitreya is their puppet. All right, Michael. Thank you for uh, for the call. Always good to hear from you. It's been a while. Uh, let's say hi uh, to Augie in New York. Hello, Augie. Welcome. How you doing, Richard? How are you? I've called before. Uh, I, I, I love your show. And I, I just wanted to call to suggest a possible uh, show. Uh, I 
came across something that was absolutely mind-boggling, fascinating, uh, no rhyme or reason to it, and it, it simply is the incredible amount of disappearances of people of all ages, from young children all the way up to senior citizens in America and Canada's national parks. The numbers are staggering. And uh, a gentleman by the name of David Politis. That's right, David Politis. Yes, you, you know him. I do. Uh, I've, 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 um, I, I hosted an event here in Toronto several years ago. Oh, you did with uh, with David. He was brought to town by uh, Patrick White from Conspiracy Culture, a bookstore, right. and uh, so I got to introduce uh, David. And of course, David is a regular uh, with George Knapp on uh, my colleague at Coast to Coast, and does a tremendous job. And every time David comes on, he just you know the the, the uh, just the interest is just tremendous. You're right. It's it's a it's it, it, it's mind boggling. You know, dogs when they, when they send the dogs out to um, find them, the dogs in many cases will go around in circles and just refuse to go on, refuse to go on to the search, um, and people are found missing, and then they come back. Four days later, and they're in the same spot that they were found missing when they already searched the area. Right, right. there, and there's so many, uh, there's so many, so many common denominators with these people that disappear. Um, m- right. Many of them, um, I'm trying to, I don't want to, I don't want to steal David's thunder. I got to get him on the program. He reached out to me recently on Facebook, so uh, I'm going to get him on. And I have his, um, he, he, he's candidate he's a 411 uh, book. He has many books now in the series. I think there's like four or five in the series. But, uh, yeah, it is, it's actually kind of scary when you hear him. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God, it's scary. Um, you know, one of the facts, I just want to show you one of the things he brought out, which he, he discovered recently, rather recently, and it, again, no rhyme or reason to it. He's finding that like 80 to 90 percent of these people who are missing, either found dead or found alive, um, believe it or not, are somehow of German descent. Now, why would there be such an inordinate amount of people of of one particular culture group? There's nothing that makes sense about what's going on. Right, right. Uh, And in some cases, the Green Beret are called in to, to... coordinate the search he gets no information from the national parks department the that's department yes that's the, the other that's the other aspect of the story is that's how right. tight lipped they are they're they're stonewalling they they're stonewalling they tell him when he's launched FOIA requests uh, exactly. that that uh, they don't keep that kind of data uh, or then they say, well, we have it, but, but it'll cost, you know, it's gonna, we're gonna charge you like an exorbitant amount of money to release the data. So there's something very strange afoot. I, I will endeavor to get David on the program. I tell you, I guarantee you it would be a blockbuster. Oh, I know it would be. I know it would be. It's so scary. Uh, it, it is, it just, if you see some of the things that take place, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever right for example they will find a small child in uh and that's disappeared let's say on a path uh and then they will find that child miles away in some inaccessible area there's no way that child could have uh, gotten exactly. up there on their own exactly yeah uh, he and, and he doesn't really offer too many explanations he lets pretty much you 
come up with some sort of viable solution to what is going on. And I, I will tell you, when you hear all the facts, it's, it is one of the most incredibly inexplicable events I have ever read about. Right, right. Uh, it, yeah, it makes you think twice about uh, venturing into the one of the national yeah, parks. Absolutely. It just, you know, people will be on a footpath, they'll see the, the person will be behind them one second, and then the next second they are gone without a trace, never to be found again. Never to be found. Some of them are found, That's some true. of them are found dead. Yes. Uh, some of them are never found again, uh, and when they do find them, they will either, according to Politis, they will either not talk about it or have no recollection as to what took place. Fascinating and scary. Yep. Augie, great to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, let's head on out to Etobicoke, and Kevin joins us on The Conspiracy Show. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Richard. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Um, I I was hoping you could explain to me what this pact is that the Prime Minister has gotten us into with the UN because I have no knowledge of it, and I don't trust anything I read in the mainstream media anymore. Uh, well, the formal name is the Global Compact for Safe, Orderly, and Regular Migration. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's been sort of dubbed the New York Declaration, because it was this migration pact uh, that, I guess, I'm trying to think what... Um, what year they started sort of signing on. But um, I think there are something like 193 member countries. They've signed on to this thing. It's it's a migration pact uh, that it's been agreed upon by UN members, except for the United States. And uh, it's, well, the draft, I think, came down in July. And then it's supposed to be, well, tomorrow, in fact, tomorrow and December the 11th. So Monday and Tuesday of this coming week, all of the UN members that are that have signed on are going to gather in Marrakesh in Morocco and formally uh, adopt this pact. And Canada is expected to sign on, um, but there are a number of countries, I mentioned the United States, that have serious reservations. Do so, you know if, if the Tories win the next election, can they get Canada out of this? Well, I, I don't see why not, uh, because uh, I, I don't think it's binding. It's much like the Paris... It's oh, okay. the Paris Climate Treaty, it's a, uh, or even um, UN Agenda 21. It's supposed to be voluntary, but we shall see. And and uh, and um, Andrew Scheer has said that he would that he would pull out. So we'll see. But um, what concerns me? I mean, obviously, you know, we, we are concerned about about refugees. What concerns me about, as always, the the vagueness of of the language. Uh, so, for example, the pact proposes, quote, a 360-degree vision of migration that recognizes that better cooperation is needed to facilitate safe and orderly migration. So, in other words, it's, 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 as far as this pact is concerned, mass migration is a fait accompli. All right? Never mind about debating whether we want increased migration uh, or and where we want it from. The fact is, no, it's coming. We need to figure out how we're going to facilitate it in a safe and orderly manner. So that that concerns me. Again, not opposed to, to refugees, Canada, the United States. I mean, there are not a lot of countries that take refugees. Uh, you know, we are one of the few. So Japan, China, for example, are they taking refugees? No. South Korea? No. Um, 
The majority don't. The other thing is, I just, again, I am, I believe in the sanctity of the, in the, of the, of a sovereign nation state. It is the best safeguard for individual liberties. Yes. And I will not cede that, I will not, as if I have the power, but we should not cede that to the United Nations. That is, that is, that it's an effrontery. It's, it is eroding our sovereignty. And the Prime Minister should not be in the business of eroding our sovereignty. He is, he is sworn to protect our sovereignty. So to me, anyway, you'd have to, if you want to read, there's something like 23 objectives and, um, the other thing is they're, they're talking about, you know, the human right to migration. Again, this to me is also disturbing. No one has the right to migrate to this country. You know, we decide, we decide who gets in. I'm sorry. It's a club. We should decide who gets in and we should be able to have a debate as to how many and what types, meaning skill sets and so forth, what types of, uh, uh, of immigrants and the number of immigrants and we should be able to have an adult conversation without being shouted down by a bunch of bullies in the media who say any, you know, any, and this is the other thing, the part of this migration pact is that journalists are to be educated. Journalists are to be educated. It sounds like a, a, you know, an indoctrination camp for people like me. So there's there's much to be disturbed about this, and people really need to catch up and read about it. And uh, there is a petition online uh, on, for Parliament Hill. If you if you Google it, maybe later I can uh, I can find the, the link. And if you have objections to it, if you want to delve into it, and if you're so inclined to sign the petition. So anyway, we shall see what happens. But yes, people need to wake up to this. It is very very important that they become aware of what our uh, what the current occupant of 24 Sussex Drive is up to. But I, I think you'd agree, Richard. It's not just uh, Trudeau. It's like the Liberal Party is the party of globalism. Yes, yes. And it doesn't matter who the leader is? It would appear so. Um, this, is not the, this is not your father's Liberal Party. That's for sure. They are a radical left, a progressive left, uh, a party that like to... to uh, to experiment willy-nilly with with um, institutions that are vital uh, to the the security and the longevity of Western civilization. Let's put it that way. Yes. All right. Uh, great to hear from you, Kevin. Thank you for Thank checking you, in Richard. from Etobicoke. Uh, let's see. Well, I know what that is. That's music taking us into the break. So when we come back, we'll get to more of your calls. Open lines, 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back. Open lines this hour. Next hour, at the top of the hour, we will be joined by Rosemary Ellen Guiley, our paranormal investigator who joins us once a month, and we will talk about angels, of course. Angels, so central to the uh, the Christmas story. And uh, we'll talk about angelic communications and how angels can uh, improve our daily lives. All right, uh, let's see. Let's go back to the phones and uh, say hi to Donna is in Niagara. Hello, Donna. Welcome. Oh, hi, Richard. I'm sort of a new listener. Welcome. Very recent. Um, I think you were doing the show on crop circles. 
I have done a number of shows on crop circles, yes. So the most recent one, and you know what? I was still really interested, and I wanted to... It doesn't seem to have much. I'm sorry, Donna, you kind of cut out there. You, you wanted to know more about... I was wondering if you had the name of a book that I could get to do more research. Uh, I'll, well, a, a, the name of a book doesn't jump immediately to mind, but I, I, okay. I mean, but here's, here's a suggestion. Okay. Uh, one of our, um, our frequent guests discussing crop circles is Patty Greer. And, uh, we call her the, the, uh, the crop circle gal. Uh-huh. And she is a filmmaker, and she has made a number of films on crop circles. So okay. if you let me see if I'm very quickly, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap 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 and see if on the computer, and see if okay. I can get you her email, or rather her I'm sorry her uh, her web uh, site, well, and okay. you can get her films. Uh, let's see, cropcirclefilms.com, cropcirclefilms.com, and she's oh. got a I think she's made seven or eight films. Uh, and you know what? I've- I think I've watched those. Yeah, that would be a great place com- to start. That'd be a great I was place quite to start. I watched a lot. Okay, all right. Uh, but there's there's just so many um, um, crop circles, signs, wonders, and mysteries. Yes. Um, uh, crop circles, art in the landscape. Right, and when I went online, most of the ones came up were from Europe. I couldn't hardly get anything in the United States. Hmm. And nothing in Canada. Yet, I know I've heard they have been in Canada. But anyway, oh, yes. I'm going to research that. The next thing is, I want to talk about cell phones. Cell phones, all right. I was just informed, and I've been having trouble. Um, someone said that people are listening in or copying things I do on my phone. Is that true? Well, um I'm, it's possible. I mean, the technology certainly certainly exists. In fact, um, the, uh, can the, I mention, the FBI, can I the, the FBI have nabbed the FBI have nabbed certain crime syndicate name? members by because they were able to remotely turn their cell phones on and listen in on conversations. This is this is fact. Uh, I believe it was the FBI who did this. So it, the technology exists. Uh, okay. Whether they're targeting you, I mean. Better safe than sorry, right? So, uh, you know, you can, you can, you can, uh, like on your, on your laptop or your computer, you cover Um, up your, your webcam so so that. Oh, I don't use those. No, you don't? Okay. I'm not a sophisticated computer user. All right. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't do Facebook. I, but it's my phone that I use. And I'm using Pinterest. And they keep asking me if they can use my camera. Ah. I turn that off. Right, right. But my flash keeps going off. Oh, that's interesting. And I put tape on the back of my phone. Yes. And it still keeps going off. That's interesting. And then this man said, my my landlord said... Is it... Well, you know what? That's a great question. Is it possible for someone to hack into your cell phone? Uh, And, in fact... There are emails going around where people will say, "Hey, we've been watching you. You better send us some money." Blackmailing you, uh, and saying, "You know, we we've been watching you. We've caught you uh, through your webcam in compromising situations, or we've been tracking your 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 browser history, and we're going to release this to your contact list and all these naughty places you've been visiting online, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Um, and these are scams, right? These are scams. 
These are on the order of, you know, the uh, the Prince of Nigeria asking for money, that sort of thing. But yeah. I, I'm sure at some level the technology exists and uh, they they can target who they want to target. I don't think you have anything to worry about, but I am intrigued by the idea that your flash keeps going off. Yeah, and, and I covered up the two the two things at the back that are fo- the camera phone and the camera flash. Plus, I turned it off in in the menu, and it still keeps going off, and I don't know what it's doing. And whenever it says, can we use your camera, you just say, I just exit out. Right, right. Because um, I'm, I'm addicted to that thing called Pinterest. Okay. I travel the world because I, I can't travel right now. So I travel the world on Pinterest. I see places I've never even knew existed, and, and circles. Well, you, you can browse on Pinterest without activating your camera, right? You don't need to activate, unless you're taking pictures and adding to Pinterest, you don't need your camera, so. Yeah, that's why I'm covering it up. Sure. All right. Well, maybe you take that to a, a phone techie and find out what's going on there, because yeah. I can't help you with that. Okay, and I'll look up that crop circle thing. Thank you so much. I Thank enjoy you. If I, you know what, I, if I have uh, problems with my phone or my computer, I go to my 12-year-old twins, who I now affectionately refer to as the IT department. I mean, I haven't, you know, I just haven't a clue. I'm, um, what was that Phil Hartman sketch on Saturday Night Live? He was, I'm just an unfrozen caveman. That's me. <laughs> All right. Uh, do I have time for another one, Ian? No. Ian is waving me off like the third base, base coach on the Toronto Blue Jays. No. Do not attempt to steal home. All right. If you got a line, hold on to it. If not, jump on board. Back with more Open Lines. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Back to the phones. And uh, let's say hi to David in Toronto. Hi, Richard. Hi. Yeah, hi. Uh, we met at uh, Dr. Judy Wood, and uh, I still haven't collected that beer. I owe you a beer. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, anyway, um <clears throat> Recently, when the Danforth shooting occurred, it appears that a globalist agenda for the confiscation of firearms appears to be underway. Uh, they, uh, the local uh, one of the local uh, uh, members of Parliament in the beaches in the Toronto Danforth riding sent around a, a, an inquiry about whether people would be in favor, and I'm quoting, of legislation that bans handguns and assault weapons. And uh, what they mean, I suppose, by assault weapons is something that looks like a military rifle but uh, is not full automatic or would be normally be used by military. Right, right. It looks and, like an aggressive weapon, whatever that yeah, means. Something that looked bad right? Exactly. but had the same. Now, in Australia, it appears as though, and in England, it appears as though the, this has already been accomplished, but in Australia, what uh, a lot of uh, hunting guns were also uh, uh, confiscated and even, uh, pump action shotguns and semi-automatic hunting guns and the like, which, which are quite commonly used by hunters. And, and <clears throat> he, uh, charged his, uh, uh, Bill Blair with, uh, former police chief in Toronto with finding out <clears throat> whether or not these things came from civilian, uh, authorities, uh, sorry, civilian sources in that uh, private ownerships was putting we're putting guns into the hands of 
of uh, of uh, gang members or right. Shooting are are they floating? Is it here? They're floating this idea that if if your if a gun is stolen from your from your property and and it is used in the commission of a crime, you could you could be charged or you could face jail time. Well, uh, you could for unsafe storage. Um, if you were guilty of any of this, un, uh, the breaches of the of the regulations to store firearms, which have been in place for 20 years now, right. they've never been amended. And instead of increasing the the regulations on stores and on individuals, uh, the proposal has been simply take them all away. It's pretty. How I mean, it's difficult now to 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 purchase a to own a handgun in this country, is it not? Well, you have to take a course. Uh, you have to have some lack of, of criminal record, and then you have to take a course called a possession and acquisition license. And the course is uh, one day for a long gun uh, license, and then there's a second day which is mandatory for uh, for a handgun license. And once you pass both of those, then you can you can obtain one. Um, and the most common approved method is for target practice, and there are a lot of firearms clubs in Toronto, sorry, in, in uh, Canada, uh, one in Toronto still, which is under attack by the city, uh, and you can transport it back and forth from your safe storage in your hmm. in your residence to, yeah, uh, you know, it's, to the club. It's a real shame. We have to get beyond this. Every time there is one of these tragic shootings uh, uh, and, and loss of life, which is absolutely horrific, we all know that, but we have to get beyond the, the uh, you know, gun control uh, response. Uh, why don't we need to really seriously have an again an adult conversation about these shootings, and yeah, and, the, and start talking about and the, start talking about with the Danforth shooting is that there was there was it was a forty caliber Glock that was used, which is a law enforcement weapon, and the brother of of the shooter was actually living in the house where people are now charged with with a seizure of enough car fentanyl, which yes. is synthetic heroin. To, Kill the entire population of the Western Hemisphere twice. But when I was, also, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with those details. Re- but I, what I'm saying is, there's that. But there's also, you know, one of the other common denominators with all these mass shootings, not all of them, but I would say uh, the vast majority is antidepressant medication. Yeah, selective serotonin, uh, serotonin uptake inhibitor. Yes, and we never, nobody ha- wants to have that conversation. Surprise, surprise, because you look at the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies, uh, that, that uh, have been sued in court or, or, or settle out of court, and for them it's just the cost of doing business because it's a, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars. This, uh, people in North America are, are popping these drugs like, like they're coming out of a Pez dispenser. Or a or a penny bubblegum machine. It's it seems like three quarters of the the population is on some sort of a, an SSRI, and nobody wants to have that conversation in the media again because because of the the sponsorships and so forth. There's black box warnings on them too. Yes. If you look at the at the actual packaging, it says might cause um, a violence or uh, a suicide. And this is exactly the sort of thing that you see. If the Danforth shooter guy there with his mental problems, who knows what he was on? Yeah, we really need to move beyond the uh, take away their guns uh, from, the, from the people that aren't aren't criminals or gangbangers or or, or aren't uh, mentally ill. Uh, people on selective serotonin uptake. Well, it's just a, it's a facile argument, and it gets us nowhere. 
uh, I mean, I'm all for, you know, responsible, uh, you know, gun regulation and so forth, but we have that. Uh, we need to, we need to really get to the bottom of what's the root cause of this, the root cause of this, and we're not having that discussion. Uh, David, thank you so much uh, for checking in. Good to hear from you. Uh, let's say hi to Alan up in Alaska. Hello, Alan. Hi, Dave. Hi, Richard. How you doing? I'm well. Hey, were you affected by that uh, that big earthquake uh, in was it uh, Anchorage or it was Anchorage, right? That was down near Anchorage. That's about uh, 360 miles from where I am. I felt it. I heard it a little bit rattle the the house a bit, but it didn't tear anything up or anything. But that was a like what was that like a seven magnitude, and yet no yeah, no injury and like that. no serious property. Da- well, some of the infrastructure, the roads and so forth collapsed, but. Uh, uh, and, right, some overpasses and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, but I think that's about it. Amazing that there was, it was a miracle. They, they learned a lot of lessons from the Easter earthquake back uh, several years ago, and really limited a lot of the uh, huge buildings in Anchorage and stuff to try to mitigate some of those problems. Right, right. I mean, you're like that's like earthquake central. You get like a lot, right? Yes, sir. All the time. All right. Well, great to hear from you, Alan. What's on your mind? Well, I was I was kind of glad you mentioned the yellow vest movement, and uh, you, a couple of other things have come up during the show. I think a big part of, of what they're against is the migrant pack that you mentioned, and also the Paris Climate Accords. And Macron, of course, is pushing all of these, and he also recently uh, got rid of some uh, taxes for the elite. So, of course, he sounds like an elitist, and uh, I think... Uh, this, this is spreading. I think it's going to spread all over the world. Uh, the globalists are kind of freaking out because the, the populists are uh, they're going toward populism. Hello, that's what populists do, right? Exactly. I know. I love, the, I love the way that that term, populism, is being twisted. You look at the uh, – when, when, it, when, when it drips out of the mouth of one of these um, you know, mainstream – Broadcasters or in print, you can just see the derision and or or hear the derision in their voices. Populists, a populist movement, and often it's a far right populist movement. Everyone they disagree with, you never hear anyone talking about the far left. It's always the far right this and the far right that, and and populism is it's it's like it's they use it in the pejorative, like it's a bad thing. To me, you look it up in the dictionary, populism is the opposite of elitism. Yes, and. The same same folks that used to claim they were for the people now are for big government and globalism. It's kind of crazy. Indeed. Well, I agree with you, Alan. I think it it, it will spread, and um, we, we now have reports that it is spreading. It's in Belgium. It's in it's in the Netherlands. Uh, it is uh, it is spreading throughout France. So uh, we'll we'll keep our eye on it. I'm wondering if this might be a, a, a tipping point, and uh, we do have. Um, uh, we have populist governments now in Italy. Uh, they are thumbing their nose at the EU. They're taking a very hard line against illegal immigration, and the and the country are ebullient. They're out in the streets celebrating. Uh, Salvini, the deputy prime minister, and Conte, the prime minister. In contrast, that with what's going on in France. That's a pretty clear message, as far as I'm concerned. A lot of the Eastern European nations are too. Yes, yes, absolutely. And Poland, Brazil. Hungary. Um, Hungary, I don't, uh, I don't believe Hungary is signing on to the the migration pact uh, as well, and Austria is kind of taking a wait and see attitude. So, we'll see. It should be interesting. Uh, thank you for the call. Bye. Thank you. All right, Alan. All the best. Uh, let's say hi to uh, Andrews in Mississauga. Hi. I know it's uh, almost the end of the hour, but I'll try to make this quick. 
I know your show essentially is to, there to uh, question the truth, you know, expose the unknown. But I have a question for you. Um, when do you think uh, it became taboo uh, to question the government or question official narrative events? I remember um, it was like mainstream media for the most part were questioning like the Iraq War and 9-11. But then one thing I noticed past year is um, the Las Vegas attack. It, people were questioning for a few days and then it just fell off the radar. Um, is your opinion, do you think it fell off the radar just because it's been 15, 16 years since 9-11? We have social media, um, Twitter, other distractions, or do you think people are getting better at like shutting down the narrative? Um, I think all of those things, a combination. I think the, the, uh, the intense, the intensity of the news cycle, it's not even a 24 hour news cycle. And a lot of that has to do with, with, uh, with President Trump because he drives the news cycle. Uh, he gets up in the morning and he'll send out, he's very clever this way. Uh, he, 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 because the media is against him, he's basically decided, well, if they're going to be against me, I'm going to, I'm going to at least, it's like uh, throwing, you know, pork loin, into a backyard and it's descended upon by a bunch of pit bulls. Uh, if they're going to come at me, I'm going to decide what they're going to come at me for. And so he gets up in the morning or three in the morning and he sends out six, seven, eight tweets and then the media latch onto those things. And while they're preoccupied with that, he's, he's on to something else. Mm-hmm. So that is, that has really intensified the, the, the news cycle. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost at a dizzying pace now. Uh, it's, it's hard to keep up. There's so much going on all at once. So there's that. So, you know, Las Vegas is hot for a little while, and then, yeah, think about it. The largest mass murder in the United States in history, and we still know very little. We don't know motive. motive. We don't know who else was with them. We don't know um, a lot of things. I don't think we have the autopsy uh, report, do we? Um, There's so many things that we don't know about that. And you're right. The journalists should be all over that, all day, every day. Uh, I know... Uh, Tucker Carlson, who I watch uh, fairly um, regularly, uh, will occasionally uh, bring something up regarding that and saying, you know, we, we still don't know very much about it. Uh, but I, I think that word conspiracy scares a lot of a lot of uh, broadcasters away. They don't want to be attached to that word. Uh, but all that requires is required for a conspiracy is for more than one person to be involved, and then you have a criminal conspiracy. And uh, that's, you know, that's certainly possible in, in the case of the Vegas shooting, that there was a conspiracy, a cover-up. I'm sure there's a lot more um, that we don't know about that. And the reason is why, why, why are they keeping it from us? Um, so, yeah, we, we should well, be all over that every day. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, taking my call, Richard, and have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Okay, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, do we have time for one more? N- no. Okay, we will uh, set the open lines aside for now. We'll revisit this from time to time. I enjoy it, and I think you do too. Uh, Rosemary Ellen Diley on the other side, communicating with angels. I think we should all try and find the, uh, the angels of our better selves as we head into the Christmas break, the Christmas season. And uh, she'll help us figure out how we can communicate with angels. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show and Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Stay with us. <laughs> 